The Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Merry Christmas. Good afternoon and welcome to Exploring the Word. I'm Jim Stanley along with Dr. Alex McFarland and Brother Bert Harper. By the way, this week we're going to talk about 12 indisputable truths. And actually what we're doing is we're going through the next couple of weeks to do this. And so we're taking one truth a day and we're really drilling down into that. If you weren't with us yesterday, we talked about you are loved. And I would encourage you to go to the podcast page for Exploring the Word at AFR.net, AFR.net. Click on the podcast page and you'll find Exploring the Word there and listen to that one because it was it really was a foundational truth for these 12 indisputable truths. And so today's truth is you are not alone. Now, Brother Bert, Alex started us off yesterday. I'm going to let you start us off today. When I think of you're not alone, I think of man's first problem. Now, not first sin. Did you know man had a problem before he had sin? Mm. Okay. You know, you're talking about before the fall, before the fall, before the sin mm-hmm. came on, man had a problem. It's recorded here in in Genesis chapter two, verse uh, 18. And the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. There you Aloneness go. was man's first problem. And God took care of that. Now, Alex, you said before the fall, mm-hmm. guess what God did after the fall? He took care of that, too, through Jesus Christ. Problems. Have you noticed this problems that we cannot correct ourselves? We need desperately to go to God. And now aloneness. But we want to declare to you today that you're not alone. God is there. He is a very present help in time of trouble. That's true. And you can call on him. But being alone, guys, have you ever been alone by yourself in a storm? Uh, a, year, a few years ago, I was, now I'm not the traveling evangelist that Alex is, but, you know, I've been called to do a revival here and there, a conference. And I was staying in, uh, they called it uh, Elisha quarters. You know, mm-hmm. there was this woman that provided Elisha a room every time he'd come by. Chambers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so they had this prophet's room, and I was in it all by myself. It was separate from the house, and a storm came, and I was sick. I was all alone. I, and this is the days before cell phones, and they didn't have a phone out there. So it was just me and God. Even at that time with a storm going on, sick myself, Guess who was there right in that room? The Lord made himself known to me. I knew he was there, but I could sense his presence as he came and surrounded me. I've heard of that so many times, guys, that God comes at those Mm -hmm. times for believers and just surrounds them. Do you remember when Elisha and his prophet thought they were all alone or the prophet did? And and Elisha prayed, said, open his eyes. This was at Dothan, and he opened his eyes, and he found out there was more with him than there were with the enemy. There was angels that surround them. So when you're not alone, I want to talk about two things, and I'll throw it to you guys. One, God is there, I, I guarantee you. Yeah. And at, a, at times of battle, there's no doubt in my mind that God has his angels there, but also 
most of the time there's people there who want to come alongside you. Did you notice when he sent the apostles out, guys, he did not send them alone. Mm -hmm. He sent them two by two. When he asked the uh, the animals to come or told the animals to come into the ark, he didn't bring them one at a time. He brought them two by two. There's something that God senses in our lives that is a great difficulty, and that's aloneness. But during the holidays, aloneness can be one of the biggest issues people face. That's right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And folks, by the way, we are talking about 12 indisputable truths, and the one we're looking at today is you're not alone. But we're pulling these truths. They're from the Bible, but specifically the Hope and Encouragement Bible from our friends at Dayspring and Tyndall House Publishing. And so they've given us some of these to give away, and we're going to do that. And what we've encouraged you to do is simply send us an email to word at AFR.net, word at AFR.net, or you can follow us on Facebook and post a message there. And what we're going to do is we're going to take and uh, randomly select, you know, different folks to get this Bible. Now, one of the things I want to tell you <clears throat> is that this, it's, it's a full Bible. Mm-hmm. It has Genesis through Revelation. It's, it's not a paraphrase. It's in the New Living Translation, which is a trusted edition. It's one that we've used here yes. before. Now, a couple of the neat things about this is that it can also be used as a journaling Bible. And we know a lot of folks like to write in their Bibles. And so this actually has room on the sides because now if you're like me and I have an old Thompson chain, oh, and yeah. you know how the Thompson chain has the, <laughs> the study references uh, on either side. Well, that was a journaling Bible that was already journaled before I got it. And so you had, you know how you have to find spaces to write notes and different things. Well, this one actually has some space for you to make some of those notes. Uh, it has uh, it has some really neat ways that it tracks these indisputable truths throughout the Bible. And so there are a lot of features to this. I'm not going to do a commercial for it. Don't misunderstand me. But just a couple of things that I think the receivers uh, of these Bibles will find to be handy is that it has, you know, it has the margins for some journaling. It has uh, the the whole Thing. And then throughout the Bible, it also has a full page to reflect on some of these truths that we're talking about. And so today, as I mentioned, we're talking about you are not alone. Now, I have a scripture that before this program's over, I want us to unpack a little bit. And so when we think about that, you're not alone. Alex, or pardon me, Bert, one of the first things you said is that other people are walking through this with us. And they are. In fact, Peter tells us that in 1 Peter, the fifth chapter, at verse 8. Now, I'm sure you guys can quote 1 Peter 5, 8 without any problem, right? No? You got me. Oh, man, come on. <laughs> I know. I know you We're, know this. Watch him start it and Alex that's, finish that's it. That's right. Yeah. Well, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Is that the one where it says Satan stalks about like a roaring lion that's seeking it. whom he may devour? There that's you it. go. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. We quote that verse all the time. Let me tell you something. Go ahead and read that next verse there in verse 9. Stand firm against him. Be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. In fact, for America, 
there are believers in other parts of the world who are suffering much more than oh, we yeah. are. Yeah. And I think it was last month or maybe October that we had the Orange Letter campaign mm-hmm. that uh, Engage does each year. And we were wanting those folks to know that they were not alone. How about people just in your Sunday school class or people that sit down the pew from you in your church, in your local body? Might they be feeling alone at this time? Maybe they're an older couple and their children have died before them. Maybe they're a younger couple and they've lost their parents this year, you know, or they've lost a child. Folks, there is so much hurt that bubbles to the surface and people struggle in vain. But the scripture reminds us that our family of believers, why are we a family? What makes someone family? Isn't it blood? Isn't that what we talk about? Blood <laughs> or and then adoption. That's, was, that's exactly what I was going to say, or adoption. But we become family. We, we really did. You know, when I was a brand new Christian, God really ministered to me through songs that I'd never heard before. And I've, I've shared many times about how certain hymns just totally revolutionized the way I saw life, you know, like there is a fountain filled with blood and because he lives. I remember the very place, the first time I ever heard that Gaither song, Because He Lives, and to this day. But I remember one time I was at Macedonia Baptist outside of Greensboro, North Carolina, a Sunday morning, and there was a hymn, and it had this line, Though all around me is darkness, earthly joys have flown my Savior whispers his promise, never to leave me alone. Mm. No, never alone. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. That's an old hymn in any hymn book, I'm sure. But I've often thought about that, never alone. Uh, do you know what? There are so many promises of God that become operative in our life when we, for one thing, realize them, but for another thing, we act on them. Um, a very dear family of believers that um, we love, Bert Bert Stokes and his family, and he he and his wife have raised three amazing kids. They're all in ministry, one of whom is Larkin Stokes, and she went as a missionary, short-term missionary to the Philippines, and we prayed, and she went, dynamic Christian young lady, but she said that she had been there a day or two, and she was in a hammock in the Philippines, and suddenly there was this overwhelming, this crushing aloneness. She said she almost had a panic attack because there's all these people she's ministering to, and she thought, what am I doing here? I am by myself, my family, they're hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles away. And she said for just a few moments in the dark, she realized she's going to be there for, I don't know, six or eight months, and she felt so alone. And she said, Jesus Come be near me. And she said, suddenly, it was like the Holy Spirit Mm. said that Christ is the friend who sticks closer than a brother. And she said, Jesus, I need you, and I need to feel you near me. And she said, suddenly, the peace of, of the Spirit of God just filled this hut. But she said she had to ask and said, Jesus, I need to feel you near me. What I want to say to to all of us here. Um, If you ask Jesus to come and that friend that he is, the faithful friend who will never leave you or forsake you, that's Hebrews 13, maybe right now you need to say, Lord, I I need to feel you near me. Mm. He'll do it. He'll do it. And that promise the old songwriters knew, no, we're never alone. He's with you now. 
and, and you'll feel that closeness if you ask him. With that in mind, Paul was on his missionary journey second. He was in Corinth, and there were many there that were baptized. But in chapter 18 of Acts, verses 9, Now the Lord spoke to Paul in the night by vision, Do not be afraid, but speak, and do not keep silent, for I am with you. And no one will attack you to hurt you, for I I have many people in this city. God is able at strategic times, like you just shared with your friend, to come to us to give his assurance of his presence. Many times we want power. (coughs) Power comes with his presence. Mm -hmm. It's his presence with us. And many times we need to, he needs to make, he does make himself known to us in his presence. You know, several times in the book of Acts, the place was shaken, the pre- not for evil, but right. for good. I'm here with you. I'm going to be with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Now think that. I'll never forsake you. I'm not going to walk out on you. I'm not a walk away savior. Mm-hmm. I am with you always through the thick, through the thin, through the hard times and the difficult times. And so Paul Even Paul, I I don't think God was wasting this. I think Paul was right in the middle of this missionary journey. Have you noticed, guys, right in the middle is where the difficulty comes? Do you remember Nehemiah building the wall? Mm Do you know when the most difficult time was? When they were halfway through. So he is with us right now. Amen. Folks, this is Exploring the Word, talking about 12 indisputable truths over the next couple of weeks. And we'll be back with more of You Are Never Alone as Exploring the Word continues on American Family Radio. Go and tell it up on the mountaintop or the hills you can go. Tell it everywhere. Go and tell it. Tell everyone that Jesus Christ is born. Tell it. And that's exactly what we want to do on Exploring the Word is we want to tell everyone every day that Jesus Christ is born, that he came to be our hope for everlasting life because of the love that he showed at Calvary and the love he shows to us each and every day. This is Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. I'm Jim Stanley, and it's my privilege to be in studio with Dr. Alex McFarland and Brother Bert Harper today. And over the next few days, the next couple of weeks, and and by the way, let me just be completely transparent, okay? I know that we talk about that a lot on this program, that we never really want to hide anything. One of the reasons we're doing this study is because for some inexplicable reason, and I, I, actually that's not true. It is easily explained, and, I, and I'm not going to lie about it, okay? We have people that believe they need vacation days, and for whatever reason, they want to take them around Christmas. And so what we're doing is we're going to use these programs, and, and they're going to be really good programs, I promise you, uh, as we talk about these 12 indisputable truths. And so what we're going to do is Monday through Thursday for the next couple of weeks, we're going to have these programs, we're going to talk about them, and then except for uh, Christmas Eve, on Fridays, we're still going to have Fire Away Friday. Yeah. And so I, w- I want to, so in, in complete transparency, that's where part of this is coming from. But when we were presented with the Bible from Tyndall House, the Hope and Encouragement Bible, and mm-hmm. we saw these truths in there, I talked to Bert and Alex, and I said, hey, guys, what do you think about this study? 
And so it became dual purpose. One, we really do want to do this study. And two, we also hope that people will be encouraged during this holiday mm-hmm. season, during Christmas, leading up to New Year. Because it seems like that's when, a, you know, you, you hit Thanksgiving. Some folks say, well, what do I have to be thankful about? Mm. You know, or what did I have to be thankful about? And then you get into Christmas and you see all these families getting together to to buy and fight over gifts or, you know, and you get babies all these gifts and then they climb in the boxes because that's, <laughs> you know, that, that's, yeah. so. Uh, I, I've literally seen that happen. You buy this expensive <laughs> present, but what the child plays with is the box. Is the so. box. And so we want to, we, we do want to be of an encouragement during this time. Now, just before the break, we, by the way, it is, we're talking about the Hope and Encouragement Bible from Tyndale uh, by Dayspring Publishing. And the indisputable truth that we're talking about today is you are not alone. And we, we've shared that. We've had scripture to encourage you with that. And we've also talked about a couple of songs. Well, I have a song for you that I will not sing, but at least I know it and could. So, but I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the verses, and then we're going to talk about it and also the power of songs during this season and every day. This song is not a Christmas song, but it could be. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. And then before the break, this is one of the things we talked about. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Mm-hmm. Christ promised us a comforter, someone to bear our burdens with us and at times bear our burdens for us. We know in the scripture that Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. Because it, because I want to give you rest, because it's easy. And when we think about that, the yoke had two places on it, mm-hmm. one for us and then for Christ as he's carrying the burden for us. And so there are times that we can find encouragement in songs. Yeah. You know, never underestimate uh, what gospel truth does in the life of a child. Jim, you were you were sharing that lyric from What a Friend We Have in Jesus, which, am I right, was that Philip mm-hmm. Bliss that wrote that? Uh, uh, Ernest Ford, Joseph Schrin, Charles Converse, and Jane, and pardon me, Jack Francisco. Uh, well, I was wrong on the composer, but I I'm remember sure I, was I was wrong on that name, too. Well, I, it was in, probably in the 70s. I was at Vacation Bible School. It would be many years before I would really know what it was to follow the Lord. But I remember we learned in VBS. I don't know. I might have been seven or eight or nine years old. And we learned what a friend we have in Jesus. And I used to ponder those words, you know. Um, can we find a friend so faithful who will all our burdens bear? And the answer is no. He is the most faithful mm-hmm. friend. And if you feel alone, you have the friend who sticks closer than a brother, Jesus. Uh, i got to tell you about what the Lord does in the lives of people. Um, Macedonia Baptist was where I gave my life to Christ. And there was a couple that were in their 60s, Lee and Frank 
Curtis. They're both in heaven now. And they had been years prior. They weren't in church, and they had actually been in the Jehovah's Witnesses. But they, in their, like, 60s, came to Macedonia, got saved, gave their life to the Lord, got baptized. And I remember they, there was never anybody more faithful, Lee and Frank Curtis. And they they were kind of quiet. They were this couple. Um, and, they, man, I, I'll say it this way, kind of tongue-in-cheek, they got real saved. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, every Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, you, there w- wasn't anybody more faithful. And so one night we were having kind of testimonies, and Lee Curtis, just a, a lady out in the country, simple lady, she said, I know Jesus was with me. She said, I was always afraid of the dark, and I we even at night went to bed, kept all the lights on. I was terrified of the dark. She said, and one night shortly after I'd accepted Christ, um, I went home turn out the lights and was going to bed. And she said, it dawned on me, I'm not afraid of the dark. She said, it was nighttime. I turned off every light. And for the first time in my adult life, I wasn't scared. Why? Because I knew Jesus was with me. Now, that that mm-hmm. was hugely significant. And friend, I want to tell you something. Well, you've got Jesus. You're a Christian. You're not afraid of the dark. In fact, you don't, you're not afraid of anything because the King of Kings, the God of the universe, dwells within your soul and your heart, and he is with you. And I've often thought about, because when when Jesus comes in, maybe it's you've got victory over worry or anger or, or whatever, or self-condemnation. And and you you know what Jesus has done for you. But I've often thought about Lee Curtis who was, she said, I, I, I realized my life had changed because suddenly I was no longer afraid of the dark. Jesus is the overcomer in our life of loneliness, of worry, of fear, whatever. And today, just let Jesus fill you because he is the one who fills every corner of our soul, isn't he, Bert? He is, and music has a way to aid that, you know, uh, it was when Jim was reading that, I couldn't help but thinking about a congregation singing mm-hmm. that. That's the reason I like congregational worship more than I do concert. I, I can enjoy a concert because preacher, preacher. someone is up there singing that I can't. But in the congregation, it's together, and we're not alone. We're doing it. And I remember a story that Dr. Dobson would tell. He said his mother had had began to have dementia and it got worse and worse. She got when he would go to see her and he she or may not know him, but said his friends went there and they began to sing some of the old hymns. And his mother was a great singer. She could do solo and but they started singing these hymns and to this woman who had dementia very severely, not recognizing her family members many times, when they started singing, she started singing those songs and right. he said she even used she sang the alto. Not just the harmony. She knew the alto to that. And that's the hardest one if you want to know what people right. say to me. Alto's the hardest one to keep going. And and mm-hmm. I don't know that. But it ministers to me to show the power of music. God gave us that. Right. And God gave these people 
the capacity to write these songs, and then some of them have the capacity to put it to music, and some take the poems and then put it to music. I can't help but think about the song, It Is Well With My Soul. When that took place, that man had gone through a great loss. His children had lost their lives in a shipwreck, and his wife had sent him, and she was what? Alone. She says, saved alone. And he made his way over to Europe as fast as he could so he could be with her because during difficult times or precious times, it's tough being alone. And we need to look at it. Uh, We're suggesting if you're alone, be sure and go to church. But let me suggest this. Those of you who are at church, look around and see if there's someone alone. Because you can be alone Mm. in the middle of a congregation. You sure can. So we need to... We need to be scouts right. and out there and look. You know, you've heard about those ants that are scout ants. You know, we we need to be Christians that are scouting out people that are alone, and let's do something about it. And, you know, you, you said something very, well, you said something that really related to me because uh, you guys know my father-in-law suffered from uh, dementia and Alzheimer's, and even in, as he progressed and and. I'm talking about several months before he passed where there was no more communication with the family Hmm. where every now and then he would recognize someone, but it was one of those things that those days had become rarer and rarer. Music still reached him. He could, he could sit there and he would watch the, you know, the Gaither concerts and uh, every now and then he would just raise his arm, you know, and, (laughs) and go with the beat of the music. And you could tell that, and the reason for that is because we have a fellowship within us that even in the midst of them being alone, those those family members being alone, because they know Christ, there is a spirit within them that still communicates with the Holy Spirit. Amen. And that is conveyed through music more often than not. That are scripture. Read scripture to them. They enjoy that. And so, folks, uh, we want you to know that if you are a caregiver for someone who may be locked in that prison of Alzheimer's or locked in that prison of dementia, never fear, because God can still minister to them. God can still reach them, and you can be an instrument in that. And sometimes you feel alone in the midst of that as being that caregiver. Uh, Friends at church, if you know of someone that has a loved member, a loved one that is going through this, go give them a break. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, go give them an hour off, if nothing else. Give them an hour that they can go without fear, without worry, that something's going to happen to that loved one, where they maybe could just go and, and take a nice hot bath. You know, and, and I mean that literally. Maybe they can go to the hair salon or the barber shop if they've not been able to do that in a while. You can, you can remind your church members, your family members in the congregation of God, that they are not alone. And so uh, as we think about this indisputable truth, you are not alone. Alex, you mentioned mm-hmm. we have a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Bert, Amen. you mentioned this, the songs and the power in that worship. There is power in the presence of God and in the fellowship of believers. Well, and you have no idea what uh, a value it is to somebody that we would engage in the ministry of encouragement. You know, the Bible talks about Barnabas, the encourager, and goodness gracious— your, your little word of encouragement might be just that little oomph 
that helps somebody through, we think, another month, no, another day, mm-hmm. maybe even through another hour. Let me encourage you also, we talk about neighbors and family and church. In the workplace, oftentimes the workplace is stressful. Be an encourager. Be that person in the workplace that's a ray of sunshine to those around you. And it, it is a powerful witness because, honestly, uh, I know you've heard me tell about when I was in college. I, I spent several years in addition to working for my dad, but I, I sold cars because I love cars. And I remember um, I had people, and I give God the glory. I'm not trying to talk about myself, but I, I had a guy came to me one time, and he was like, he asked me, he said, he said, what is it with you? I said, what do you mean? And I will tell you, this car dealership where I worked, a lot of the guys told a lot of dirty jokes. And I'm not trying to be sanctimonious, but I just didn't. And in fact, not only did I not tell dirty jokes, I didn't like to listen to them. And I would just kind of discreetly walk away. I got to lead a guy to Christ because he came to me. He was like, he goes, you don't, you don't talk that way. What is it? What's up with you? And I said, well, I said, if, you know, I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm a Christian. And I, and I began to share how I'd gotten saved. And this guy was going through some marital problems, got to lead a guy to Christ, actually two guys at the car dealership, hmm. because they took note that I didn't use the same language. And I wasn't trying to be up on some high horse. It's just I didn't talk that way. You know what I mean? In the workplace, you can be an encourager. You can be a witness. You can be a a little glimmer of gospel truth just by letting Jesus shine out through you. And it's a privilege to do that, isn't it? It is. is. And let me quote, just talking about it, that's being a witness. You remember what Acts 1-8, these are the last words that Jesus said before he ascended. But you, those that are followers of Christ, you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and here it is, you shall be what? Witnesses to me. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes it is straight out preaching. Sometimes it is the Roman road. But all the time, it's my life and mm-hmm. letting my light shine. This little light of mine, here's a song again. I'm going to let it shine. I'm going to let it shine till Jesus comes. And he says, you shall be witnesses to me. Do you remember in that song, there's a quote, hide it under a bushel? No. no. I'm going to let it <laughs> shine. Mean, that's a great song. I love it. Hey, we should never get over children's songs. No, uh, they, they have great truths. They really do. And they speak to our hearts. And guess what? They speak to others as well. Music is a way that God lets us know that we're not alone. Amen. This is Exploring the Word on American Family Radio, talking about the indisputable truth. You are not alone. And when we come back, we're going to take and look at First Joshua, pardon me, Joshua, the first chapter and verse 6. Jim Stanley, it's my privilege to be in studio today with Bert Harper and Dr. Alex McFarland. And today we are talking about the indisputable truth. 
we have a, a Bible from Day Spring uh, and our friends at Tyndall House, and it's called the Hope and Encouragement Bible. And one of the things that this Bible does is it has 12 indisputable truths. Now, it's not a paraphrase. It's not just these taken out of context or anything, but it has these truths. And so we've talked about you are loved. And now today we're talking about you are not alone. Well, in part of that, one of the things that I wanted to look at was found in Joshua, the first chapter. And I'm going to pick up at verse 6, and I am reading from the New Living Translation. It says, Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. I want to pause right there. We always, you know, a lot of folks picture the Bible as a book of don'ts. That's not the case. It's a book of do's. And we're promised that if we do these things, then these things will come to pass. And verse 9, it says, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You are not alone. Guys, that is an indisputable truth from Scripture. And there are a lot of scriptures that support that. And that's one of the neat things about these truths is that you can go to the Old Testament, you can go to the New Testament, and you can find verses that support them. But we aren't alone, are we? We are not. I love that. You can be strong. You can be courageous. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be discouraged because the, the Lord, Lord God, God is with Amen. you. Amen. And that's the whole idea, guys. Uh, you know, it doesn't say... You're, everything's going to be smooth sailing. And I've talked this on the radio many times. I think sometimes pastors have given people a wrong impression of the Christian life, that they think, oh, it's going to be smooth sailing after you come to Christ. It will not. The Bible makes it plain. It rains on the just and the unjust. Have you noticed when a tornado comes through northeast Mississippi, Jim, where you and I live, it mm-hmm. it doesn't just automatically jump over houses of worship. It'll destroy them along with the nightclubs and everything in its wake. So difficulty comes. But even in those difficult times when we don't, well, I didn't deserve this. I didn't do anything to, to, to make my home be destroyed, my business to be destroyed. You know, God is there, and you can be strong and courageous even in those times. But it, we're not saying come to Christ, and you're going to have it smooth the rest of your life. Um, I think there's people who are not in church who've had an experience of grace that kind of was sold on, well, if I come to Christ, everything's going to be smooth. And mm. the first two or three things that happened to them was really rough. And they said, where's God? I wasn't yeah. I wasn't bargaining for this. And that's what you referred to earlier, uh, Alex, saying that's why you need to be in church, that during those difficult times, what should we do? We should come to them. Have you noticed Paul really refers to the church as the body? Have you, have you ever 
bend nailing and hit your thumb, <laughs> guess what happens? It's not just the thumb. My other hand grabs that thumb. My voice says, oh, man, that hurts. Well, I'm, you know, I'm a total body guy. My feet start That's jumping right. up and down, and my, and then I, my arms going up and down. My whole body is responding to a thumb that has been hurt. If we could only, and, and I say this with great passion, if we could only be that kind of body in the church, that we would let people know that when they mash their thumb, and, and that's that's a word picture. When hurt and pain comes their way, uh, we want to be there to help them. Mm, yeah. And uh, th- we may not can take the pain away or the loss away, but we can be that what they talked about in the book of Galatians, bearing one another's burdens. We can do that, can't we, Alex? Well, I know y'all have probably seen the viral video, and you can't watch it with a dry eye, but it's one of the Special Olympics, and there's some kids that are challenged, and there's a relay race, and one of the runners falls down. Well, all the runners that are way out ahead, rather than just crossing the finish line, they all go back like two dozen, and they pick up the runner and carry the person across the finish line, and everybody wins the race all together Mm. at once. And I'm like, you know, that's really how it ought to be. And uh, do you know what's so encouraging is... We are in Christ. You and I have talked much about um, Hebrews chapter 4, how we are in Christ, in the Sabbath rest. You know, it even says this. You mentioned uh, Joshua chapter 1, uh, 15. It says that in the Lord we have entered into the rest of the brethren, mm. Joshua one fifteen. Yeah. Okay, now here's the thing. If we feel alone, we often think about, uh, well, I want God to be with me. In terms of like the space where I'm at, I need God, and He is. But the fact is, in Christ, we are in the building, we are in the body, we are in the church, we are in the Savior. Galatians three twenty six and twenty seven. We're baptized into Christ, friend. Uh, let your emotions catch up with your reality. If you're a Christian, you are in Christ. Not only is he with you, you're with him. Now, you say, well, I don't feel it. Well, one of the ways that our emotions catch up with reality is, as Paul says in Romans 12, we have to renew our mind. You know, the reality is you are with him and he with you. Now, feelings, please don't let your feelings. I, I think when feelings inform our behavior, that's if I can just. That old saying, the tail wags the dog, you know. Don't let your emotions um, overwhelm your life because you need to understand your life from the position of truth and reality. And we're in Christ, and he's with us. You know, that scripture you were talking about, Joshua, uh, being strong and courageous, I'm with you. Mm -hmm. Guess what they were about to do? They were about to go into the land of promise. But guess who was there? According to chapter 3, verse 10, and Joshua said, By this you shall know that the living God is among you, that he will without fail drive out before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Gergesites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. Listen, that war was about to take place. Yeah. And he said, I'm with you. Uh, we, we want the 
Christian life to be a luxury ship liner. You know, with games to play, we even go on Bible study ones, and I'm not condemning those. Don't you hear me doing that? But the Christian life is a battleship. And mm. and guess what happens? The battleship operates when everybody goes to their position. When they hear the alarm, it means you got to get out of your bunk, you got to get out of the mess hall, and you've got to run to that station that you've been assigned to, that we're together. And and I want to just tell you, it works that way. If we could only see that, that we you started out with Joshua mm-hmm. chapter 1, verse 9, when it says, I'll be with you. I'll be with you when? Right. Through life. And what is life? It is a difficult journey. And mm-hmm. it is a great adventure, but it's a difficult journey. It has ups and downs. It has curves. It has rocks you've got to climb over. And and I, I got a feeling there's some people that are listening today that are going through some of the most difficult times of their life. And we're saying you're not alone. Right. And as Alex said, don't go by your feelings. Go by the authority of God's Word who says, mm-hmm. if you've trusted me, I am with you always. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake sake you. I am with you. We can depend upon God and God's word. So do that. Be a part of a body of Christ. Uh, and it's not just being a part of a big body of Christ. A lot of times you need to be a part of a small group. Uh, I always right. encourage people, here's a person, they should have somebody in front of them that they are looking to for encouragement, for, uh, you know, an example. They're going before them. You need to have two people on either side of you to keep you accountable, to ask you the hard questions, and then you ask them, and them to encourage you. And you need to know there's somebody looking at you and following you. That that kind of hems you in. You yeah. catch what I'm saying? That you're not alone, but you've got people around you that surround you, that want to help you. And right in the middle of that is the Spirit of God in you. It's called the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, guys, that when Jesus is Lord of your life, the Holy Spirit comes in. Jesus said, I must go away, for if I don't go away to my Father, the Spirit will not come. After Jesus had done his work on the cross and the resurrection, guess what? The Holy Spirit comes in, and he abides with us forever. The the abiding power of the indwelled Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Now, what does abiding mean? It means that we're attached to, we're connected. You remember it It means continual, uninterrupted action. Exactly. Abiding. If you abide in me and I abide in you, that's the whole idea. Are you abiding in Christ today? Well, and, and one of the things that you mentioned a little earlier, Bert, is striking your thumb with a hammer. And it encapsulates the pain. The body encapsulates the pain from the hairs on your head to the hairs on your toes. You know, And so when we think about that and we think about being part of the body of Christ, someone may be able to bring you the ice pack. Amen. Someone else may be able to come and finish driving that nail for you so you don't hurt your thumb again. Someone else may be able to come alongside and bring everybody some lunch. And you mentioned small groups. You know, some of the greatest blessings have been when small groups have gone out and cut grass for elderly people that couldn't cut their own, have built ramps for people that might need them because of an injury. You see these small groups from the church going out and doing these things that really does remind me when Christ sent out the disciples. 
You know, he sent them out to minister in his name. He sent them out with the good news that was to come. And so we, too, are still called to do that very same thing as members of the body of Christ. Now, one other thing, as we are talking about today, you are not alone. And Matthew, oh, pardon me, in John 15, 26, says, But I will send you the advocate, the spirit of truth. He will come to you from the Father and will testify all about me. And you must also testify about me because you have been with me from the beginning of my ministry. The ministry that he began in our hearts, we are to tell someone else about. And the other day I I was on the program with one of you guys and we had the question about sermons. And, uh, you know, how do you tell someone about Christ? How do you evangelize? How do you preach to someone? And it goes back to what we said then is that sometimes people would much rather see a sermon than hear a sermon. So sometimes our testimony may be the actions instead of our words. Yeah, I've heard the opposite of that. Your your words speak so loudly, or, or your life speaks so loudly, I can't hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, your walk and your talk, they not only you know rhyme with each other, they should rhyme with each other in our lives. Our talk and our walk should go together. Alex was talking about working at that car dealership, and some of the guys would get together, and they would talk in unseemly ways, you know, and Alex did not enter in. Why was that noticeable? Because what he was saying was matching what he had done. Had he entered into those conversations, do you think those men would have come to Alex and said, Alex, what's different about you? I've noticed these differences. This story, I can tell it real quickly. I had a man, he was a, a, a meat market manager. And uh, he got saved, man. I, he got a dose of it. I was able to talk with him and disciple him. And he had this guy that came along with him. And he said uh, every Friday he would ask this man. This man was was uh, a former alcoholic. He said, God delivered me, and God did. Mm-hmm. But this guy would test him every Friday. You want to go stop off and get a, get a beard? You want to stop off and get some? And that guy would say, no, God's delivered me from that, and I'm not going to go back and tempt him. He did that for two years. After two years of him doing that, he came to him and he said, well, I got saved the other day. Would you come to my baptism? Mm. And he said, yeah, I'll come to your baptism. And he said, had you given in and and gone with me, Mm -hmm. I would never have come. And, and to know Christ. He said, I was testing you. I mm. wasn't warning mm. you. I, when I was asking you, I was praying you wouldn't come. You know, people want real. Yeah. That's the whole yeah. idea. This guy had been delivered from alcoholism, and he sure wasn't going to go back into that. And God uses our walk and talk so that those people who are out there who are lost, guess what? They're not alone either. That Acts 1-8, we are witnesses to them, and we need to make that ministry, cutting those yards, building those ramps. People notice that. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know, uh, one of my favorite verses is Romans—well, one of my favorite chapters is is Romans. Romans 8 says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Nothing. Mm. Um, (laughs) And the word there really is a word that who or what or which or— why? Circumstances, even unanswered questions, nothing can separate us from the presence and the love of our Savior. Amen. 
Folks, this is Exploring the Word. We're walking through 12 indisputable truths. And we'll be back tomorrow with another one of those. I'm Jim Stanley for Dr. Alex McFarland and Brother Bert Harper. I want to remind you that you are not alone. The love of God can reach you where you are. Folks, tell someone about Exploring the Word. Visit our podcast at AFR.net. But more importantly, tell everyone about Jesus.